0: When she knew him, her face remained pleased and welcoming, but nonetheless lost in an instant its special burning brightness. "'Not Hugh, said Cadphile ruefully, knowing for whom the door had been thus thrown wide. "'Not yet. Is there news, then? Are they homing?' Will Warden sent word an hour ago before the light was quite gone. They sighted steel from the towers a good way off, then, but by now they must be in the castle foregate. The gate's open for them. Come into the fire, Cadphile, and stay for him. She drew him in by the hands and closed the door resolutely on the night and her own aching impatience. He is there, she said, catching in Cadphile's face the reflection of her own partisan love and anxiety. They caught his colours and the array in good order. Yet it cannot be quite as it went forth that I know. No, never that. Those who go forth to the battle never return without holes in their ranks, like gaping wounds. Pity of all pities that those who lead never learn, and the few wise men among those who follow never quite avail to teach. But faith given and allegiance pledged are stronger than fear, thought Cadfile, and that, perhaps, is virtue, even in the teeth of death. Death, after all, is the common expectation from birth. Neither heroes nor cowards can escape it. He sent no word ahead, he asked, of how the day went. None. But the rumor is it did not go well. She said it firmly and freely, putting back with a small hand the pale gold hair from her forehead. A slender girl, still only twenty-one years old and mother of a year-old son, "'and as fair as her husband was black eyes. "'The shy manner of her girlhood years had matured into a gentle dignity. "'This is a very wanton idea that flows and carries us all here in England,' she said. "'It cannot always run one way. There must be an ebb.' "'She was brisk and practical about it, whatever that firm face cost her. "'You haven't eaten. You can't have stayed for supper,' she said. "'the housewife complete. "'Sit there and nurse your godson a little while, "'and I'll bring you meat and ale.' "'The infant Giles, "'formidably tall for a year old "'when he was reared erect by holding to benches "'and trestles and chests to keep his balance, "'made his way carefully but with astonishing rapidity "'round the room to the stool by the fireside, "'and clambered unaided into Cadfile's rusty black lap. "'He had a flow of words,' mostly of his own invention, though now and then a sound made sudden adult sense. His mother talked to him much, so did her woman Constance, his devoted slave, and this egg of the nobility listened and made voluble response. Of lordly scholars, thought Cadphile, rounding his arms to cradle the solid weight comfortably, we can never have too many. Whether he takes to the church or the sword, He'll never be the worse for a quick and ready mind. Like a pair of hound puppies nursed in the lap, Hugh's air gave off glowing warmth and the baked bread scent of young and untainted flesh. He won't sleep, said Aline, coming with a wooden tray to set it on the chest close to the fire, for he knows there's something in the wind. Never ask me how, I've said no word to him, but he knows. There, give him to me now and take your meal. may have a long wait, for they'll see all provided at the castle before ever Hugh comes to me. It was more than an hour before Hugh came. By then Constance had whisked away the remains of Cadphile's supper and carried off a drooping princeling, who could not keep his eyes open any longer for all his contrivances, but slept in sprawled abandon in her arms as she lifted him. For all Cadphile's sharp hearing, it was Aline who first pricked up her head and rose, catching the light footsteps in the doorway. Her radiant smile faltered suddenly, for the feet trod haughtingly. "'He's hurt!' "'Stiff from a long ride,' said Cadphile quickly. "'His legs serve him. Go, run, whatever's amiss will mend.' She ran, and Hugh entered into her arms, As soon as she had viewed him from head to foot, weary and weather-stained as he was, and found him whole, whatever lesser injuries he might be carrying, she became demure, brisk and calm, and would make no extravagant show of anxiety, though she watched him every moment from behind the fair shield of her wifely face. A small man, lightly built, not much taller than his wife, black-haired, black-browed, his movements lacked their usual supple ease, and no wonder after so long in the saddle, and his grin was brief and wry as he kissed his wife, drove a fist warmly into Cadfile's shoulder, and dropped with a great hoarse sigh onto the cushioned bench beside the fire, stretching out his booted feet gingerly, the right decidedly with some pain. Cadfile kneeled and eased off the stiff, ice-rimmed boots that dripped melting rivulets into the rushes. "'Good Christian soul,' said Hugh, leaning to clap a hand on his friend's tonsure. "'I could never have reached them myself. "'God, but I'm weary. "'No matter. "'That's the first need met. "'They're home, and so am I.' Constance came sailing in with food and a hot posset of wine, Aline with his gown and to rid him of his leather coat. He had ridden light the last stages, shedding his mail. He scrubbed with both hands at cheeks stiffened from the cold, twitched his shoulders pleasurably in the warmth of the fire, and drew in a great, easing breath. They watched him eat and drink with hardly a word spoken. Even the voice stiffens and balks after long exertion and great weariness. When he was ready, the cords of his throat would soften and warm, and words find their way out without creaking. Your man-child held open his eyelids, said Aline cheerfully, eyeing his every least move as he ate and warmed, until he could prop them up no longer, even with his fingers. He's well and grown even in this short while, Cadfile will tell you. He goes on two feet now and makes nothing of a fall or two. She did not offer to wake and bring him. Clearly there was no place here tonight for matters of childhood. However, dear... Hugh sat back from his meal, yawned hugely, smiled upward suddenly at his wife and drew her down to him in his arms. Constance bore away the tray and refilled the cup and closed the door quietly on the room where the boy slept. Never fret for me, love, said Hugh, clasping Aline to his side. I'm saddle sore and bruised, but nothing worse. But a fall or two we have certainly taken, no easy matter to rise either. Oh, I've brought back most of the men we took north with us, but not all, not all. Not the chief. Gilbert Prescott's gone, taken, not dead. I hope and think, but whether it's Robert of Gloucester or the Welsh that hold him, I wish I knew. The Welsh said, Cadfile, pricking his ears. How's that? Owen oh, Gwyneth has never put his hand in the fire for the Empress. After all his careful holding off and the gains it's brought him, he's no such fool. Why should he aid either of his enemies? it would be more like to leave them free to cut each other's throats. Spoke like a good Christian brother, said Hugh with a brief grey smile, and fetched a grunt and a blush out of cadfile to his small but welcome pleasure. No, Owen has judgment and sense, but alas for him he has a brother. Cadwallader was there with a swarm of his archers and up Meredith of Powys with him, hot for plunder, and they've sunk their teeth into Lincoln and swept the field clear of any prisoner who promises the means of ransom, even the half-dead. And I doubt they've got Gilbert among the rest. He shifted, easing his stiff, sore body in the cushions. "'Though it's not the Welsh,' he said grimly, "'that have got the greatest prize.' Robert of Gloucester is halfway to his own city this night with a prisoner worth this kingdom to deliver up to the Empress Maud. God knows what follows now, but I know what my work must be. My sheriff is out of the reckoning, and there's none now at large to name his successor. This shire is mine to keep as best I may, and keep it I will, till fortune turns her face again. King Stephen is taken at Lincoln and carried off prisoner to Gloucester. Once his tongue was loosed, he had need to tell the whole of it, for his own enlightenment as much as theirs. He was the sole lord of a county now, holding and garrisoning it on the behalf of